Well, Vuvuzela sound. Hello, folks, and welcome to We the Peeps. This is the American soccer podcast in which you are going to get to know everything that you need to know about the U.S. men's national soccer team. I'm Clayton, and I'm a rapper. I'm Ty. I manage a web design company. And we love the Nats. Since way back. It's We the People. It's We the People. It's we the people. It's we the people. Yes, indeed. We have both loved the Nats since way back. Uh, Let's flash back to 2010 today, folks. Vuvuzela's all over the place. We're going to South Africa for the World Cup. Oh! uh, USA versus Algeria. Ty, are you up for it? Oh, my God. I've never been up for anything more. This was such a blast to, to... Revisit this tournament and hear that beautiful sound again. Yep, the, the Vuvuzelas, which at the time we really genuinely felt were ruining the tournament, and now the nostalgia is un- incredible. It's too strong. What, it's what too strong. You, what, what would you give to to hear the sound of a Vuvuzela in in a uh, a soccer game crowd in a competitive match? Yeah, yeah to, to hear to hear the sound of Shakira and Kanan just busting out crazy tracks for this World Cup. Oh my this was God. so. Great. Dude, this is uh, so great. This is uh, Shakira's meet cute. <laughs> exactly. This yeah. Tournament. This is Shakira's meet cute with with, with uh, PK. What's it? yeah with PK? Yeah, sure. It was PK. a simpler time, Clayton. It was a simpler time. <laughs> it was oh. a simpler time. It was a simpler time, and um, thanks, Obama. And, <laughs> and we are so grateful to be able to go back to it. Uh, so, folks, thank you for joining us. Uh, we are going to talk about that game today. That's mostly what we're here to do. We're also going to do a quick five-minute uh, rundown, recap, update on what's been going on in the world of crowdless soccer, audienceless soccer, uh, no fans at all. Um, but there are fishies, so let's talk about those. And uh, keep in mind that if you would like to, you can reach out to us on Twitter at WTPPod. 2010, Twitter is just getting going. People are just starting exactly. to figure it out. Uh, reach out to us you, there. You, if you tweet at us, you have to use 140 characters. <laughs> That's right. None yeah. of this 280 shit. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, uh, and also, folks, um, please give us a rating. You know, in times like these... Uh, when, when we're all just trying to, to hunker down and, and get through it and, you know, things seem chaotic, uh, a five-star really goes a long way. So uh, stick with us and, and help us out in the world of soccer podcasts. Uh, Thank you. End of housekeeping. So, folks, uh, before we dive into what is just a scintillating discussion about an incredible the, – the USMNT that made me a fan – that this this was mm. this was mm-hmm. my this was my introduction uh, to this team back before we were doing this podcast. Uh, but before we start talking about that, let's talk a little bit about the fishies. Welcome to the fishy report. Bienvenidos. Ty, uh, what's been going on with the fishies in Germany? And are there any others not, uh, in the world? There's there's been a couple Liga MX games. There's there there be fishies, yeah. Um, so Germany's back up and running. The other European leagues are getting going. I hadn't heard about Liga MX, so that's good. Uh, MLS is coordinating some sort of mini tournament style season that they're going to compress into like a month of packing everybody in quarantine into Disney World. Uh, so that's neat, and I'll I'll definitely tune in. Count me in. For some some Thunderdome MLS action, love it, Sounds Mad amazing. Max style. 
Absolutely. Um, Only one team comes out alive. Yeah, MLS always finds a way to reinvent the wheel, those guys. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's one of, the, one of the great qualities of the league. It, it has led to ridiculousness, you know, like the <laughs> clock counting backwards and stuff like that. But I think MLS is not afraid to think differently. Like you saw MLS embrace VAR, for instance, before the rest of the world. So, you know, that's good. And our, 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 our players are back in action or, or getting ready to be back in action. And it's a particularly good time, I think, to be a fishy because uh, in most of the kind of proposals that I've seen for coming back, the games come thick and fast. They have to compress more games into shorter periods of time. They're uh, allowing more substitutes, at least in the Bundesliga. And this is opening up opportunities for some of our uh, fringy fishies to get some game time. Um, so we have the, the big breakthrough from the last time we spoke is that uh, Mr. Uli Yanez is actually training, traveling with senior team, and looks looks poised at some point to to make a debut here. Hell yeah! For Wolfsburg. don't sleep on don't sleep on your boy Uli. Don't do do not. This kid is is hot fire, and he's. Uh, I, I I hope he's only gotten better since we saw him uh, be the the spark in the U twenties attack um, last summer. All right. Anyone else uh, worth worth checking in with? Uh, Tyler Adams got a start at the six, which we always like to yeah. see. It yeah, can... Adams has been playing pretty much every minute for uh, RB Leipzig, but they haven't been doing particularly well. Not necessarily his fault, but, um, you know, it's, it's uh, kind of a bummer for them to drift down the table as far as they have. Uh, so hopefully he can be a part of their... Uh, renaissance, but I think certainly he's he's established himself as as one of the best eleven and and should be starting every game, which is great. Um, Weston's been pretty inconsistent. I I don't think he played today in Schalke's game, uh, and uh, it's you know he's he's been shaky, fair fair to say, but yeah. it's understandable kind of coming back from the layoff. Um, he has scored, so there was a stretch where. Uh, for seven games, Weston was the only player to score for Schalke, <laughs> uh, which is pretty <laughs> two goals, right? bizarre. Yeah, yeah, two goals. Um, Josh has been playing minutes, uh, not especially effectively from what I've seen, um, but uh, Werder has been somewhat maybe finding a little bit of, of form. They lost again today, but um, there's there's some signs maybe that they have life in that uh, relegation race. Um, Chandler has kept playing a bunch of the, the, the Yanks in Bundesliga Brooks has been healthy and firing on all, all cylinders, just in time for the U S to have a nice long layoff of no games. That's right. Yeah. Classic. Uh, and yeah, Stefan has been hurt a little bit, so, uh, I'm not sure if he's planning to come back this year. So a little um, left field. Do you, but, have you heard anything about Tim Weah? In the, there I was a, there was a there was Tim a long Weah. year there was a long year where it was Tim Weah and Tyler Adams just forever injured and Tyler Adams right. now being back kind of rem, I'm reminds me you're like, reminded you know, of the what's existence going on of Tim, with Tim Weah. Weah. Yeah, he well he came I don't know if you heard, saw this but he did come back uh, over the winter and he played 19 minutes and then ruptured the other Achilles or whatever. Oh Jesus. Yeah, so it was, it's not good. It's not good. I think we can, we can basically discount Tim Weah at this point. 
unfortunately. Well, and right. hope, hope we did we did say that if we got one of the way. two back, we were lucky. Right, right, right. We'd be we'd be happy. Yeah, so exactly. holding out, let's hold out for for hopefully an injury free end of the season for Tyler Adams. Um, really interesting. I'm going to use that as an opportunity to pivot here. Really interesting to compare Tyler Adams to a 20 year old, uh, 21 year old Michael 20, Bradley. Yes, in oh this 2010 God. game. So yes, let's do so that. Great. Um, let's start, Ty, by, by uh, setting the stage. So if you're not familiar, folks, we have been uh, going back through the history of the USMNT one year at a time, one game at a time. And uh, we are now, we're finally caught up with the, the, the um, what's it, the, uh, the Bradenton generation is here. Uh, <laughs> the, this is, it's time, it's 2010. Ty, can you set the stage for us of what was going on in the lead up to this group stage game in the World Cup? Wow. Oh, so, and uh, by the way, folks, if you're um, uh, no need to watch this game in its entirety, if you if you haven't seen it, uh, if you've never seen it, if you don't know what happens, if you did see it, but it was a long time ago and you remember, but vaguely, if you've just recently watched highlights, any of these are you're, you're good to go. We're going to describe the game in full. Uh, we'll tell you everything that happened. If you want to watch the full game, um, that's that's cool, too. You can do so at footballia 2 lsnet uh, um, and just create a login there. Shouts that's how, to Footballia. Shouts to Footballia. That's how we've been watching these games. So if you want to watch the whole thing, uh, you can while while we talk about it or uh, or not. You're good to go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the the background, the run up. Let me take you back. 2010. Um, you know, Twitter's just getting started. <laughs> how many things don't exist at this point? <laughs> SpaceX doesn't exist at this point. Um. Donald Amazon Trump was a bookseller. Was Amazon host. still a bookseller? <laughs> I think Amazon was was on their way by now. Uh, but definitely things things that we consider Blockbuster completely normal. Existed. Blockbuster definitely existed. Absolutely, I'm pretty sure Netflix is slanging DVDs by mail at this point. Um, <laughs> so you know, th- it was a simpler time <laughs> and a good time. It was a good time in my life personally. I was like just getting out of college. Finding my way in the world, newly newly married, making a, making a home um, with my with my uh, with my wife, and I, I, we we were all in New York City at this time. You know, just some quick on a quick personal tip. You know, me and my siblings kind of all uh, united for the for the last moment we kind of had to all share in New York. Um, so the backdrop of this game, this is really the first cycle that I followed closely the whole way through. Um, 06, I watched the tournament. I got into the tournament. And then I remember having a moment, you know, right after uh, the U.S. got knocked out to Ghana in, um, in 06, where I, like, searched up who might play in the next World Cup. You know, so I was thinking about, oh, well, is our team going to get better from here? Like maybe I'd be interested in this. And then I stayed up until like two in the morning, you know, watching reports <laughs> of how good Danny Satella is. And, uh, <laughs> that's when the, the fishy bug got you. You joined got the, me the good. perennial, yeah, the perennial, it got uh, me good. 19 year olds are going to save us. Exactly. Exactly. How? Yeah. And there were so many, so many that totally did not pan out at all. Like Mike Grella is going to save the Nats. Um, <laughs> And what happened is the team under Bob, uh, so Bob Bradley got appointed after that 06 World Cup. Bob, uh, Bruce Arena failed in that 
World Cup to, to recreate the magic of 2 U.S. goes out uh, after the group stage. Bob Bradley is appointed, and he uh, establishes a really a, a team with a lot of great qualities, uh, mainly centered around those traditional American values of the toughness and the grit and the togetherness. And it's it's very much a cohesive group. And um, his his tactics leave something to be desired uh, at times, and the team can be boring to watch and a little stilted and, and split. Um, but you have the uh, the the presence of a in peak Donovan and Dempsey together. So beautiful, providing this uh, this firepower. You have Josie kind of coming into his own. Uh, you have Michael Bradley emerging as an important member of the team after the the Olympics in 08. The the U.S. Uh, you know youth team goes to uh, Beijing and does does pretty well in the Olympics with Josie and Michael leading the charge there. And then those two are integrated more into the senior team. Um, you know, Joe, they already were, but uh, by the time they're, you know, 25 and 22 or whatever, 20, no, not, not quite. I think they're the same age. They were they're both like early 20s by the time the World Cup r- rolls around. But they got integrated the summer before the U.S. qualified for the Confederations Cup by virtue of winning uh, uh, the, the previous gold cup. Uh, and so they, they go to the Con- confederations cup and they squeak through to the, uh, the semifinals. It's a tournament of eight, uh, countries, which is, it used to be held every year in the world cup, uh, the year prior to the world cup in the world cup host country as like a dress rehearsal for the world cup. And so there was eight teams, all seven confederations or whatever, plus the, or some, some formula, whatever. So the U.S. qualified as CONCACAF's representative and uh, squeaked through to the semis and got to face Spain to inevitably get gloriously beaten by Spain, uh, you know, one nothing standing on our heads or whatever. Uh, but no, the U.S. finds a way to, to beat reigning world number one Spain um, with, with two kind of fluky goals or... You know, it was it was a scrappy performance and definitely didn't, you know, quote unquote, deserve the win, but got the win, got to face Brazil in the final and went up to nothing on Brazil in the final in the first half uh, before succumbing eventually to the to the talent of Brazil and losing three two. But it was this moment where we go, oh, shit, the U.S. can can play. We've got we've got some game here in a way that we hadn't felt since that O2 team. And so. Going into this tournament, um, qualifying was, uh, I wouldn't say smooth, but definitely, you know, the U.S. progressed in the way that you would expect. You know, we, I think we won all the home games um, and, and did, did fairly well on the road. But the story of the qualifying cycle was the Charlie Davies uh, oh my accident. Oh, God, yes. Um, where we had this this battery going of Josie and and Charlie Davies who are best friends off the field perfect partners uh to play together sort of a little man big man classic combo um Davies doing the 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 clever running in between and Josie playing the mythical position of hold up <laughs> Josie doing and anything but scoring <laughs> anything but scoring yeah lay it on uh 
because yeah, him scoring is not even as valuable as his holdup. So he he shouldn't he shouldn't focus on scoring, in my opinion. So anyway, you have this you have this amazing formula going with with Davies, Altidore, Donovan, Dempsey as our attacking quartet that's working really well. And then Charlie Davies gets into this this car accident where he's uh, his you know he's lucky to be alive. The the other person in the car with him uh, passes away in the car accident, and there's a uh, you know question as to whether he'll walk again, certainly you know, and then let alone play again. And he attempts this heroic recovery to maybe, maybe, maybe just make it back in time to play in the World Cup, and and doesn't make it. You know, he gets invited to camp um, to essentially just not count him out. You know, but yeah, I think it's yeah. evident to everyone that he's not going to make it. Um, and so going into the tournament, the U.S. was like a sort of like a 24-man squad where you had the 23 who got to go, and then they were connected um, throughout with, with Davies, who, who you know, really deserved to be there uh, on the merits and on, on the contributions that he had made to the team, um, but was unable to be there. So I think that's part of how you came up with this togetherness for the group is having to go through that experience together of, of sort of losing a, a brother um, on, on the team and obviously a lot of conflicting emotions, someone dying in this car accident and, you know, there was questions as to Davy's kind of responsibility for this. And so it's just a really hard situation. Um, but I think it ultimately, like a lot of hard situations, did bring the group together more than otherwise would have been possible. So the U.S. Go, went into the World Cup uh, feeling strong, strong qualifying effort, and led by the led by Donovan and Dempsey. And and we forget kind of how good these guys are. So and good. It, it th- this was my first impression from the game. To skip ahead okay. was that we still haven't replaced these two players. We still don't have anyone who has the same inf- influence on the game as they do. As talented as Tyler and and Pulisic are, they're not there yet. Okay. But wait, so, wait, 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 wait. So uh, the U.S. Okay. So what happens in the first two group stage games? Because so I, I have so many things games. to say about what you just said, and I just, I need to get to this game recap. Uh, okay. I'll get, I'll get, uh, yeah, I'll quickly through. So first game, England. We are, he- you know, heavy underdogs, as you would expect. Frank Lampard, Steven Gerrard, they did play Emil Heskey up top. But uh, other than that, all star-studded lineup. And, Jermaine um, Defoe, and bro. I don't Jermaine know if he was Defoe. in that game. But oh, my vin- God. I, don't, I think he subbed on. Yeah, vintage Jermaine Defoe. And uh, John Terry. Jeez. Great team. Jeez and Louise. they, in classic this English era, fashion, they screw it up. I don't know if it's just because I cared, I started caring, but like there were just players like, I feel like you don't see players like that anymore. Like Frank Lampard, John Terry, I think of like Schweinsteiger and Michael Ballack. Like, oh these players God. were peak Michael so Ballack. So good. Like, this is definitely our age, Clayton. This yeah. is, de- it's just 100%. It's like the player, I think, I was thinking about this during the game. Like, the players who were good when you're 20 are just legends to you forever. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. It's, it's but it's dad's like look, version of Beckenbauer, you know? Yeah, yeah. And saying like, no, players were better in that generation. And, and every next yeah, generation exactly. is like, they weren't. Like, I've watched those games. Okay. So anyway, so, US, so, so the yeah, U.S. gets this tie. draw. They get the draw through a uh, Rob Green 
Howler from a speculative Dempsey shot early in the tournament before the narrative emerges that the the ball is super wonky and does weird things. Um, and so this is one of the first games in the oh tournament. Oh, my God, I forgot and about that. And it turns out that like, the ball is like this crazy X factor where it it's designed in such a way that it flies and bounces strangely. So uh, that becomes this this you know, sub narrative to the tournament. Uh, and we'll get into that in this game. Oh my Second God. Second game. I'm I flowing through so much history all about here. that dude. And the, so it's Vuvuzela's and the weird ass, like the, the ball, the, the weighted ball situation. The Jabulani. <laughs> the Jabulani is the, is the, the true star of the attacking oh uh, play in this okay. tournament. All right. Second game, uh, USA against Slovenia. We got the first, got a point against England, feeling good. We go into Slovenia thinking if we win, we're, we're all but through to the group, to the uh, knockout stage. And the U.S. goes down 2 nothing to Slovenia. Come on, guys. And then second half, Alexi Lawless is literally tearing up at halftime. I'm tearing up watching this at home with you. Uh, and the second half commences, and the U.S. finds a way, scratching and clawing, to come back, sparked by Donovan bursting down the right and just slamming a ball a million miles an hour near post past Samir Handanovic, one of the great goalkeepers of this era. And then Michael Bradley finds a way to to poke a ball home from a, a scramble to make it 2-2 scenes, then, to make it even better, Moadu scores a beautiful tap-in off of a set piece to bring the U.S. up 3-2. to two. But no! The idiotic, completely incompetent referee calls the goal off for no apparent reason. That has never been explained properly at the time or since. So the U.S. draws this game instead of winning the game, which me- leads us to Algeria. And the U.S. just has to beat Algeria. If the U.S. beats Algeria, they go through. If they draw to Algeria, they're out. Simple scenario. Win, Algeria win, has win to through. win. And Algeria has to win too, right? That which They which have to win and win big and hope for help. So, okay. so both teams need to win and win big. So you expect an open, high-scoring game. And, and, when, and so, all right, line them up, boys. Let's fucking do up, this boys. thing. Timmy Howard, how many gloves for Tim Howard? So many gloves. Let's fucking go. You're going to need him with this Jabulani flying at you. This fucking lineup. All right, so we've got uh, uh, Carlos Bocanegra, Steve Cherundolo. uh, We've got uh, Jay Demerit and Bornstein. Ah! What's 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 his first name? Who, Jonathan Bornstein? Jonathan Bornstein. All right, yeah. cool. Yeah. In the midfield, anonymous. we're going to have... You, you anonymous. We're going to have Michael Bradley. We're going to have Clint Maurice Adu, double pivot. <laughs> Maurice Adu. Let's According go. According to the BBC broadcast. Not Yeah, not Adu. Freddie, the, yeah. this, by the way, is like, like just... But uh, Freddie Adu is relevant at this time. <laughs> He's a relevant. Freddie Adu is still relevant. Um, yes. Okay, so we've got we've got fucking Bradley and Adu, the double pivot. We've got Donovan and Dempsey, and then we have ah! Altidore and Hercules Gomez. Herc. Shouts to your boy, Herc is out there after uh, you know apparently having been out of the team for three years. He shows up for this World Cup. That's the starting lineup, folks. And uh, it was it was it was a, a must win for both teams in that 
was evident in the first eight minutes of play. Algeria hits off the bar, uh, really going for it into a counterattack uh, that's led by Josie Altidore uh, and go, uh, who passes it to Herc for the save. Um, in this, in early in this first half, a couple sightings, uh, a couple vintage sightings. We've got a Bill Clinton sighting. Uh, we've also got Michael Bradley having actual hair sighting. Um, oh so my god just, there was hair just, on a bradley there was hair on a bradley <laughs> 22nd minute another altador counter uh bradley's in a scrum pops out to herc forces a save feeds dempsey for the rebound off a sitter and it's called offsides debatable debatable not even best. debatable not offsides. He's onsides. So it's 0 0 still. USMNT aggrieved. Aggrieved. And, uh, and, and we go into half Where's VAR? tied up. Where's VAR when you need it? Where's VAR when you need it? Benny Failhaber gets the call. The illustrious, the oft talked about, the why didn't he get more chances? Benny Failhaber comes in at halftime uh, in his prime. We come back. Uh, there is. There is a, uh, there is basically just a slew. This second half, especially, we saw a slew of U.S. chances over and over and over, over. again. Way Crosses, coming in counters waves. through the middle from the outside. Nothing's going in. Uh, epitomized by a, a Josie Altidore smash oh. over the bar. Just perfect. Just encapsulating the man's entire career. He's there to do nothing. Which I, I, I'm so unfair to him. He scored many, many goals in in unimportant games but he's he's there to do nothing but get fouled and smash a sitter over the bar uh so many chances go begging we get we get a jitterbug sighting demarcus beasley on for DeMarcus anonymous bornstein the eternal scarab god, <laughs> eternal god. <laughs> okay uh we see uh, we see dempsey crossing himself giving himself the, the catholic cross before before skying a free kick nothing oh nothing god. it's just it's coming down to the wire it's feeling looking like just a tragic nil nil tie uh, the U.S. is about to go home. The homies, the friends from high school, te- uh, high school teammates of mine, are seen just in the in the crowd, pictured as the as the as the example of what the U.S. fans are going through. That's a true story. We're gonna tweet this out. Yeah, this we're gonna tweet out the screenshots. Vintage. Real friends, real so friends. Good. Uh, <laughs> caught on camera, just looking so sad. Could not look sadder. 90th minute, four precious extra time minutes. Yes. Uh, Algeria gets one of their best chances of the game off a cross from the right side. The header is uh, not strong enough. Timmy Howard catches and then releases to the other side. Landon Donovan streaking down the middle. Ian Dark is losing his fucking mind. Ian Dark is blacking out at this point. (laughs) Ian Dark's life is currently changing forever. Donovan to Ian Altidore on the right changing. side. Altidore knocks it into, into Dempsey right in the middle. Dempsey Altidore takes the Dempsey. shot, bounces off the keeper. The ball in a moment that ball lasts forever just teeters it's out. Still, right the ball is still for, the ball for hours. For hours. Landon Donovan <laughs> catches up to it. And puts it away. Streaking. Not enough time to think. The crowd goes wild. Landon and Stu Holden embrace at the corner flag. Stu. Jay Demerit does a front flip over everyone, <laughs> somehow injuring no one. And then one of the yeah. trainers has, does the most epic double fist bump I've ever yeah, seen Pierre. in my life. Pierre! <laughs> one nothing. U.S. wins this game. 
camera pans back to Oliver, Scott, and Matt in the crowd, homies from <laughs> homies from high school, losing their minds. Ty, go go what were USA. Your... Go you go. You could not USA. write a script like this. Woo! Ian Dark's ah! life changes forever. He's American now. Ty, what were your first impressions? So I, I scooped my first impressions earlier. I'll double back to that. My second impression is, you know, the we covered the the uh, greatest win in U.S. national team history, which was the two 0 win over Mexico, the greatest men's win. This is the greatest moment in U.S. men's national team history because there's no one moment in that Mexico game that comes anywhere close to the tension and the 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 orgasmic <laughs> power of this goal. So it's it's so, so unbelievable. It's it and it meant watching so much, the game. It meant so much on so many levels. You shot me that there was a there's an athletic article, I guess, uh celebrating ten years of since this goal and that really went into into detail on this. Uh so check that out if you can. Shouts to the athletic. Fantastic. Uh, but Ty, what were some of the, the, the highlights from that article for you? I mean this meant a lot in, in the world. This was US soccer up being put on the map, you know, Bill Clinton. Absolutely. Cited. Absolutely. Obama's, so there's... Obama's calling. Obama's on the phone. <sighs> yeah, so many things. So the, the one thing that happened in the wake of this goal is there's this there was this video, which was a, it's a supercut of a bunch of different bars around the country at the moment that Landon scores the goal. And the this video, the, the supercut goes viral. And it becomes, I'm, I'm pretty sure like more people have watched it than actually were watching the game. And so th- there's this confluence of things going on at the moment where U.S. soccer has been growing and has been showing a little bit more success since the last World Cup. And the profile of the team is a little bit higher going into the tournament. And then you have the social media landscape growing and... Uh, information sharing on the internet and YouTube rising, where something that is niche can get more, can catch fire more. Because like in 06, even if the U.S. had had a great moment, you'd still have been reliant on network television to pick it up and promote it in order for it to reach a wide audience. But the fact that this came at this particular moment as the world was was changing and our country was changing to be more digitally centric, it it just it just exploded in a way that wasn't possible before. And I think this moment was the genesis of a lot of the support that you have in the U.S. today. And, you know, if you ask fans today, you know, where were you at this moment? People remember this. And there are people, many people out there who this was their, the, the trigger for them to really be interested in this team because it's the first kind of amazing historic successful moment that we had had like this as a program where it's all wrapped up into one, an entire fucking tournament, four years of work rolled into this one moment when Landon has to put it away and he does. And and it's a moment that so beautifully uh, captures and translates for people why soccer's awesome. Because you, you spend totally. 90 minutes just biting your nails, you know, and the major American complaint is there's not enough scoring. And this game right. is the proof that it's better this way. 
you know, Absolutely. because of Absolutely. moments like this. So let's talk about some of these players. You had mentioned we never really, uh, we never really, we still haven't replaced Donovan and Dempsey. I would like to just give a few of my impressions upon rewatching this game uh, about, the, about this team. This game's the, so good. So the first, so there's there's so many. This game is so good. The first is that, the, the first thing that really stood out to me was this team was so Good. Just uh, you just look around yeah, at the team names was here. Great. Tim Howard, yeah. Landon Donovan, Clint Dempsey, uh, uh, Bocanegra, Carlos Bocanegra. Come on now. Absolutely. I mean, this and, and some, someone Rangers, like Benny Benny I mean, Failhaber playing in yeah. Europe, coming in off the bench. You know this this team was better than like we talk so much about how many European players we we have right. now in the in the right, generation right, 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 coming right. up and this team was that I mean Landon Donovan could easily he made a personal choice not to but was absolutely at that level and these are players who were doing it Clint Dempsey I think at Fulham at this time no I'm not sure I'm not yes, sure about that yes but, yes so Fulham. so yeah Dempsey at Fulham like forcing his way into the starting lineup and and you look at a player like Josie Altidore and you just wonder you know how much he re- he reminds me so much of Romelu Lukaku and and you just wonder what how how would this have gone differently for him if Americans were accepted in world football at this time you know these players were fighting such against the grain so hard to play in Europe totally. and to get training and to get you know the nurturing that right. they needed and they and they forced the hand of the world to pay attention to them and you just wonder what this would have been uh today right so i'm watching this immediately i'm like damn i forgot like these are legends Everywhere on the field, legends. Um, other first impressions, real quick, that uh, Michael Bradley, young Michael Bradley, was so good. Don't see, Ugh. don't, I don't, like, he, I don't, Genius. I, it's so sad what the years did to him that by, you know, by the time, that by the, by the end of that last cycle, he was, he was a player who was, who couldn't, you know, tackle the way he once could, couldn't run the way he once could, and didn't have the, the, bravery the chutzpah the cojones to try these these uh these defense splitting passes but in this game Mm. watching this watching this young Mm. bradley this daring bradley everything was forward everything was fast um and and i'm not taking tyler adams over this young bradley uh right now if you take tyler today and bradley in this game i take bradley at the six Um, i 100 percent agree so that was huge for me, and then, um, and then, the, and then now I'm gonna circle back Donovan and Dempsey. I mean, Dempsey, Donovan, just the 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 consummate <sighs> athlete, so fast, perfect touch, just killer, so just dangerous. talent, just oozing talent. And then you have Dempsey on the other side, just cunning, not that fast. His best physical attribute is his touch, but what yeah. makes him incredible is his decision making. He's there. Yes. He shows up at exactly the right moment. Every time, I've never seen a player who could make the second run, uh, the the late yes. run into the box, as consistently and as 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 consistently as Dempsey could at this time. Just incredible to watch. Um, so so that's what I got for you. That's my word vomit of just like realizing, like, oh my god, this team was so good, so much better than I think we give it credit for uh, these days because we've spent so much time complaining that no one no one ever, you know, came up to replace these guys and complaining about how Altidore didn't step up when we got, when we crashed out of the World Cup, you know, or crashed out of qualifying. And, and it's just so nice to have a reminder of what this, what these players were and what this team was. Oh, that's so well put. And I think it's, it's so easy to remember the... <sighs> the most recent picture we have of these these guys which for for Donovan is getting cut from the 2014 team and being bitter and 
you know, it was unfairly cut and he should have been in the, in the team. Um, but it ended so badly. And then for Josie and for Clint, you know, the last time Clint put on a U.S. shirt in earnest, he, he hit the bar in that Trinidad game. Or if it's an inch to the, to the left, the U.S. goes to the World Cup. I mean, it's so fucking sad to think about how it all ended. Uh, but I think you're totally right. Like, we need... It's great. It's, I feel great having watched this again because I am reinforcing, you know, what was always my enjoyment and love for, for this team. And this game, I mean, if you're, if you're a fan, honestly, like, I remember this game being torture. I hated watching this game. Yeah. But re-watching it, knowing the outcome... It's amazing. There's so much, there's so many great touches and moments and so much skill and energy. And, you know, one of my favorite things about this game is the blend of the toughness and the, the skill, yeah, right? Because we have, we have yeah. these silky moments that, that you know, the, the, the attacking players really, really turn it up and that Bradley streaking through the midfield, I mean, doing, doing a fantastic Frank Lampard impersonation at times. But you also have Jada Merritt getting, I think, elbowed in the face in like the fifth minute, and he said oh he reports after the game that his tongue was split open. So five stitches he, on his tongue after the five game. Five stitches. So he is couldn't talk. He played the entire game without being able to open his mouth because he was bleeding from his tongue. So he's going over periodically to the sidelines to get Vaseline on his tongue so that it would stem the bleeding. And but there was just no fucking way he's coming off that field. No way, and, and not to mention the Do- Donovan. Uh, sorry, Dempsey gets elbowed in the second half. Yes, and is bleeding yes. from the face, bro. Bleeding, yes. and the ref doesn't see it, and he's like, "Come on, dog." Yeah, he's like, "Can we just take a break, real quick? This is ridiculous." It's, it's such a beautiful confluence of all of these these things, and then the fact that you know it's a, it's a per- wonderfully American quality that it's a throw from Howard to to cue Ugh. the. The, the goal. But there's a moment, I, I don't know if you caught this, but in the about the 65th minute, there's a moment where Howard makes exactly the same throw to Donovan in space. Didn't and catch so that. you can see it, you can see the game progressing this way. And if you read the the Atlantic article or the athletic article, which is so great, they talk about how, you know, consistently Algeria was attacking down their right, and then the right play as the goalkeeper is to attack down the other side. So you go away from the pressure because then it makes it harder for them to counter on you or whatever. So there was this pattern developing throughout the game where, you know, usually like I think of plays as being somewhat disconnected, but in this case it was it was a progression. It was like the US trying and trying and trying and figuring out like where the seams are and where these what runs to make and how to how to uh, go at this defense as soon as Algeria goes a little bit forward to try to maybe win the game, even though it seemed like they gave up and all they wanted to do was prevent us from going through, they did push a little bit in that last moment to get a goal, and it just left their team split, no midfield, and it sets up perfectly for Howard to try this maneuver that he had kind of set up or, or established with with Donovan uh, earlier in the game and, and earlier in their careers. You know, he talks about playing with Landon on all these youth teams and the telepathic understanding they had of each other and it's it's a culmination of all of this work on you know first of all these individuals parts then the coaches to to set up these moments where the team can can succeed and 
the goal is just, it's beautiful. It's, you know, Josie finally kind of coming good and, and making the right pass at the right time, pinpoint pass, perfect to Dempsey and Dempsey just, he doesn't, he doesn't score, but he, he makes it hard enough for Mboli that, uh, that Mboli spills the ball. And then Donovan, this instinctive, which is something just, which is something just to cut in that Dempsey does throughout his career. Like whatever, whatever situation he's given, and this is just a a metaphor for his entire life, whatever situation he's given, even if all of the outcomes are not what he wants, he'll find a way to get that extra 5% benefit for him and his team. Right. So in this, he knows he's not going to score, but so he knocks it off the keeper. He gets that fucking, that millimeter ahead of the defender and takes it. Love Dempsey. Forever, and it's, then you were, and then Donovan. So, side side note here, uh, side quest, side story. Bob Bradley comes up as the assistant coach to Bruce Arena, and assistant coach to Bob Bradley in 2010 is Jesse Marsh. Yes, who, by the way, who would go on <laughs> so good. to raise young Tyler Adams, young and, Tyler is not, Adams. and is without a doubt in line to be in one of the next couple cycles a USMNT coach if he wants it. Right, so the oh, latter, oh, I mean, the latter today. is so yeah. beautiful. It's it's it is beautiful, and I, I, well, I don't know. I I in some ways dislike the latter because I feel like it it is exclusionary, and yeah, so the you know fair. you see also in this game you see so it's Bob, and then the other assistant is uh, Mike Sorber, who we saw in the '94 game. So oh my God, that's so crazy. it's very it's very insular, and what it does is it it does I think make it harder for new ideas to come in. But it's the same kind of tension that we've been talking about that U.S. soccer is really good at some things, and we saw a lot of those things in this game. Like so many teams would have gotten frustrated and would have given up after just it being so unlucky for so long in this game, and they would have squandered that last chance out of that frustration, and this team didn't. And that, that is an American quality that I think should come through. And so there is a lineage that we shouldn't reject. But at the same time, I think there's not enough freshness in the, the, the ideas. And that's why like, I really admire Marsh testing himself in Europe and going through that year where he had to be an assistant coach at, uh, at Leipzig just to get the chance to go you know, be at, at Salzburg. Um, and it, it looks like that's going to, lead to even more success. I, mean, I, I don't know if you saw this rumor reported, but he's allegedly one of the, the two choices to take over at Dortmund. No For Lucien Favre. Allegedly. So oh sayeth the, the rumor mill. So sayeth and, an uh, American rumor mill? Uh, uh, Twitter. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. All but right. the, the, the point being, he well, has, he, he has he's opened clearly himself the, up the American ideas, coach right? of, the, of the hour. That, that he, can be indeed, said for sure. Indeed, indeed. And, you know, so I, 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 I do appreciate that, though. And he, he tells the story in the, the piece also about um, how he bought this, like, trinket. It was like an elephant statue <laughs> somewhere on a safari trip in, in, uh, in South Africa. And he had it in his pocket during the England game, and so he thought it was good luck. And so he kept, he was like rubbing this, <laughs> the head of this elephant for the entire second half, which is so, such a beautiful little human uh, story. And he talks about, you know, the entire coaching staff staying up until 2 a.m., game planning for every single scenario. And like, 
you saw that in this game. You saw patterns of play that that kept working, and they just didn't deliver results. You know, you had so many spots where we we got a good chance, or we got uh, you know actually did make things happen through the middle, not on set pieces, not on uh, things that you know plays that the U.S. is usually good at, but we just couldn't get the fucking ball in the net. This was the transition. And, this was the the pivot group. Um, and we still haven't landed on the next era, right? Of, of I told, yeah, smooth, I completely like, agree. I completely count, agree. You know, quick playing, counterattacking, ta- uh, technical team that we will hopefully one day have, led by Ulianes right. and Pulisic. You right, know? right, exactly. And the thing, like the thing about the the Bob Bradley era that always rankled people, or was was the complaint, was that we weren't, um, we we really weren't able to take over midfields because we would usually play this double pivot. And, you know, as Bradley got especially more and more defensive, or even at times in this game, you just, we were just overprotected in the middle and not, not able to control the game enough in the way that, uh, that Burhalter is kind of shooting for us to be able to do with more of a, you know, three man central midfield, less reliance on the wingers and, and, and so on. But the thing that really hurt the U.S., I think, tactically and was still an issue in this situation was replacing Davies. And so they tried a bunch of different options, yeah. but that's, that's yeah. ultimately the reason why Herc was here and was, was in this game was because they were just trying to find a formula that could get Josie back to his best because he, he was so much better playing with that second striker who is a little bit more, more nimble and and. Uh, you know, nipping at the heels of defenders to kind of prepare them. Um, so, it, and it was it was so interesting to see Herc have to come off at halftime. You know, didn't do particularly poorly or anything, but I think Bradley just recognized that they needed a little bit of that ability to to make plays happen and keep keep things keep the ball, you know, uh, moving through midfield. And so they brought on Benny to be that connector. <clears throat> that was like the one piece of this team that never really came together after the Davies uh, accident. Um, but it just it's goes funny, to show you how, how talented the team was that they made. It's a parallel universes moment. Like, can you imagine if Charlie Davies doesn't get in that car accident? You know what this team goes on to do. Um, yeah, and, totally. You know, you, you you never know. Maybe there's something about the emotions behind that 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 gave them even more success than they would have had. But yeah, it's it a is, big. What it if. does make it's you wonder how would Josie Altador go down? Because he's going to be remembered as this kind of almost but never quite the legend that we wanted him to be. You know, yeah. Like, great yep. again, great Josie Altador is totally an awesome soccer player, but just never quite he's... became what we thought he was. And maybe right. that's because right. he lost that partner that he needed. Right. And the thing is, in sports, you know, you can be consistent and good for a long time, but if you don't have those moments of greatness, you're you're not remembered. You know, you, that's that's the tough thing about it. Is if you don't perform in those in those you know playoff situations, for instance, in in American sports, like like a Mike Trout, for instance, is he's the best baseball player on the planet, but he just hasn't had that that moment where he has come up big in a big spot for for his team. So if yeah. that is the rest of his career, you know, it's it it really it really makes an makes a makes an impact on your legacy. And Josie, there's this great um quote from him as well Luttrell that I, I will well always remember. Right, right. Uh there he he described that moment really well to me and that's something I've always remembered when I watch these games. 
he said that when the ball popped out to him um, for that chance, you know, time slowed down, and he, in that situation, he had plenty of time to think about it, and all he could think about was, I'm about to score in the World Cup, I'm about to score in the World Cup, I'm about to score in the World Cup. And, you know, you wait your entire life to have a chance to be in that situation, to put that ball away. You know, you think of Chris Wondolowski four years later in a very similar situation. You know, it's very understandable. It's very understandable. And what's what I think is my, my takeaway is that for mortals, the World Cup is so much, you know, that it just it just reveals who has the 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 icy cold blood in their veins to endure or perform in a in a moment like that you know yeah. the fact that yeah that landon was able to step up to that moment says a lot about landon's character and and clint always so good in world cups you know it's i i think it's it's just <laughs> the normal is that these players are freaking the fuck out the entire game you saw that right. with the algeria players like hassan yebda my my dude slamming balls over the over the into into row Z right for the entire game, and it's like and you saw Edson Buttle come in and just be like a t- so tight like such a bundle of nerves. It's completely understandable. It's the biggest moment of your life. You prepare your entire career to play in a situation like this, and and it's it's sad that Josie hasn't been able to step up. But it's like I don't I guess I don't critique him that much. I'm still you know I still really appreciate what he's done for the program, but it just makes me appreciate even more the players who can step up to those sort of moments. Well, yeah, man, that is, that's incredibly well said. Um, and it's, and it's what makes a legend, a legend is those, is those moments of, uh, under, under true pressure. Um, and it's why we love Dempsey so much. And it's why Timo Werner will, will never be uh, Brazilian Ronaldo, you know, Timo Werner um, is a great example. He's yeah. the German Josie Altidore. <laughs> exactly. I Bangs mean, he's him just, in domestically, yep. <laughs> you know. And he's like, he's clearly he's up there as maybe the most talented striker in the world, but he's also the guy who had to get subbed out of a game because it was too loud in the stadium. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Come on, yep. bro. And that's right. never there, gonna. He's never gonna live that down. He will never live that down. Uh, nor should he. There is one other thing I want to loop back to super quick, and maybe this can can help us transition into what comes after this. The biggest thing tactically that made this game look antiquated was seeing Michael Bradley pull back to to sort of launch plays quarterback style, and the center backs don't split. Yep. He yep, doesn't yep. split the center backs, right? So he's just standing like five feet in front of... Tr- Bocanegra just playing instead of Bocanegra. It's so bizarre to see that. Um, and maybe that's a Bob Bradley thing. Maybe that's an era thing, a general tactics thing. But um, was there anything that you noticed about this game that revealed how the game has changed in the past six years? That's a great question. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I noticed that kind of thing as well. And I think there's generally, well, certainly um, looking back on this era, there were so many more two strikers systems than there are now, which I yeah. think is 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 bad you know i think you have certain combinations where you need it um but i i I do think is that one striker is is superior um and i i think as you said that having that six that can drop in to to push your your wing backs or your uh your fullbacks forward more or get even get your fullbacks into midfield and kind of circulate is a is a better tactic uh but we'll see (laughs) we'll see what the next 10 years brings and what we will consider to be kind of foolish um, in the future. 
So yeah. I, I think the yeah. thing about Bradley that he, maybe his his failing was that he just he didn't switch it up enough. I think he he had a very clear idea of his play, but I I don't think he like paid enough attention to the evidence over time to evolve the system. You know, I like a consistent system certainly, but I think you have to be willing to make tweaks and changes to it. And that, that was one thing that, you know, maybe he needed to do a little bit more. Um, But looking back on this era, like (laughs) compared to early Burhalter and certainly compared to the Klinsman era, I kind of miss Bob Bradley. Seriously. I I have to admit, I, I, I complained like everyone else about some of his habits, but the way that his team set out. And then also you think about later years have revealed more about Bradley and his style and like the way that LAFC plays is fantastic. And you think, you know, well, maybe Bradley with this era of players with a Pulisic and a Weston and a Tyler Adams could put together something that looked more looks more like the way that LAFC plays. Maybe. Maybe. And I also think that he just understood the nature of the job. Like, you don't get these players all the time. You can't... In a way that it feels like Greg Berhalter doesn't get. Um, that that you can't do the same things you can do in a club setting. You just can't. Mm-hmm. So he said... Mm-hmm. The, what he did was, you know, he was man-managing. He was putting... To, he managed to create a team that ha- felt like a team... Um, and you know these of of a lot of really strong personalities, and he gave them a system that they could they could just do pretty much first try. You know they they can show up from all their various locations, and they can do this, and and he can at least allow Dempsey and Donovan to show their talent. You know and not right, not be right, right. not be give give them a chance in in a game and an empty bucket you know gives you a chance they're just they're basically just saying we're going to defend in this way we have a clear idea of how we're going to defend and then we're going to try and score and let's see what happens and like do some cool stuff out there y'all yeah we we the plan was basically to just send the four all the time and just just you know uh do death star runs until we score yeah. with the four up top and that you know <laughs> I think we we could look at back at this game really differently. Either way, you know, if if we hadn't found a way to get the ball in the back of the net, I think Bradley's tenure would be looked at as as a, a failure. And if we had won four nothing, as we very well could have, um, you know, maybe that that changes the course of history as well. It's, it's so interesting how things change in these in these little moments where entire histories are are rewritten. You know. If, yeah. Chris Wondolowski scores against Belgium. What could have been? It's it's yeah. so interesting. We'll we'll get to that in the next in the on the next episode. Well, we the peeps. So here's what, what the are we deal, calling y'all. it? Uh, <laughs> it's like extended story time forever <laughs> shelter yep. in place. Uh, so folks, we are going to do uh, the the what do we call it? Oh, Ghana Bonanza. <laughs> Ghana Bonanza. So in this tournament, uh, the U.S. goes on to face Ghana, and not for the first time. So there are there are three games uh, versus Ghana of note in USMNT history, and that is the next stop on this ride for us. So join us for that. Um, stay tuned and uh, get get psyched. It's it's Ghana Bonanza time. I'm I'm so pumped. the The two <laughs> losses are going to be painful, but instructive. Instructive. Uh, I haven't revisited them either. Um, and then the win, I can't wait to see John Brooks do that thing again. Oh, baby. All right. Oh, so, baby. 
Folks, uh, we thank you for joining us for this, and I know that the time you're spending uh, with us to get to know your USMNT history is going to help us uh, create a pirate federation that takes over U.S. soccer, <laughs> um, and and we'll be able to do that much more effectively knowing the history. Um, and you know, without at the at the risk of um, being you know dr- being too serious, I think it, in times like these. With many of the things going on, uh, it is really important to know your history, right? And I think mm-hmm. we're learning that. Um, so I, w- I won't go too far into that. But yeah, history is important and actually valuable and changes the way we move forward. So thank you guys, for uh, guys and girls, for, for going on this journey with us. Um, any last words, Ty, before we, we leave them for, for the time being? <sighs> I miss you, Donovan and Dempsey. Thank you for miss your you service. Guys. Thank you for your service. Tied to this day, right? Do they go to out? They day. went out. They retired tied for uh, most U.S. goals. Still tied. Beautiful. Poetic. Frozen in time. So yeah. beautiful. All right, Dempsey, enjoy your fishing. Um, okay, folks, I love a lot of things. I love taking everything off of a, of a shelf and just wiping that bad boy down. Just mm. give that a little wipe. You know, mm, you never know. Mm, mm. Um, I really love uh, exchanging a collection of coins for for bills. Know what I'm saying? That's money you didn't know you had. That's that's how that's that's how uh, found money. That's that's abundance in the universe, folks. Um, and I also like repurposing uh, these Tropicana. Is it, it's Tropicana, right? Repurposing these Tropicana orange juice bottles for water. They're the perfect thing to to slug water out of. And I, I, I get a lot of, I get weeks out of a single Tropicana plastic bottle. Um, but I don't love any of that shit as much as I love the gnats. Let's fucking go. Black Lives Matter. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. Do you remember the name, do you remember the name of the Algerian striker? Uh, Jabor. It's Jabor! <laughs> it's Jabor. It's Jabor. As soon as I thought of that, I couldn't stop hearing it every time they would say his name. It's Jabor! It's Jabor. <laughs> oh my God. Shout out Algeria. Shout out uh, Nad- uh, Nadir uh, Belhaj, my, my dude from, from Portsmouth, who I supported. Hell yeah. Oh, and Hassan Yebda, also later of Portsmouth fame. What a team. What a game. What a game. What a life what a we've led. What a life. <laughs> <laughs>